What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Last season, Josh Jacobs made it into the fifth round in a lot of drafts. He was right at the 4-5 turn in ADP. Miles Sanders was a sixth-round pick. Marquise Brown got off to a great start. He was a sixth-round pick. Tony Pollard made it to the seventh round. He might have won you some fantasy leagues. Amonra St. Brown was drafted even later than that, mid-round seven based on average draft position. We are talking about mid-round picks today, which I am defining as rounds five through eight, picks 49 through 96. Better not get any objections to that definition. But we welcome you to the show. I'm Adam Azer here. I got Dave Richard. I got Heath Cummings on on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, d- morning, whatever. Dave, uh, what would you look for, if anything in particular, a position, upside, safety, something like that in a mid-round pick, typically rounds five through eight? I'm looking for value, Adam. I want I want players that I think should have gone in in rounds three and four that maybe slipped a little bit. I want upside. I want players who I think can be second or third round picks or better next year in these rounds. And I want starters. I want guys that I can look at and say, yeah, that guy can start on my fantasy team. That's what I'm especially looking for when we get to like round seven and eight. And there aren't a lot of those guys left. A lot of the times when you're drafting in round seven and eight, you're looking at number three running backs, probably number three receivers, uh, middle of the pack, tight end, middle of the pack, starting quarterback this year is what you're going to find. And really, the quarterbacks and the tight ends, those are guys that you're going to start. And you'll say, okay, bang, got a starter right there in the middle rounds, and and you'll feel okay about it. Heath, this was typically an area where I would target wide receivers, a lot of them. But last year, it was ugly. I mean, some good, some bad. But based looking at fantasy football calculator ADP, 
uh, in round five, DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, Gabe Davis, Adam Thielen into round six, Darnell Mooney, Marquise Brown, Hunter Renfro. Amon oh, make it stop. Make it yeah, stop. Well, it gets a little bit better because, you know, it's later picks. Seventh round, Amon St. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Rashad Bateman, Amari Cooper. That was a good round. Devontae yeah. Smith, Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk. Uh, some good ones in there, but also it was a disappointing year for wide receiver. Uh, do you do you think this will be a good range for wide receiver in 2023? I like the second year wide receivers in this range. I like the third year wide receivers okay in this range. I'm not as excited about the older wide receivers, and that might be looking back on it what happened a lot last year was that some of the younger guys were better and the older guys were not. But mostly, it sounds like probably most of the positions were in the mid rounds. There were some, there were some big hits and there were some big misses. I I'm looking at young running backs, young wide receivers, and then quarterbacks or tight ends that I think could legitimately be difference makers. Now, I don't want to draft a guy in the middle rounds at tight end that I think is going to finish at tight end six. Yay. Right. <laughs> um, I want somebody who could be a, a needle mover. Okay. Also on today's show, we'll talk about the Vikings running back situation. We'll talk about uh, Titans running back Tajay Spears, rookie running back, and his lack of an ACL. What Devontae Adams said about the Raiders offense and more. And your emails, hopefully, at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. So now I know what you're looking for in a mid-round pick. Now I want your favorite mid-round picks. How about, let's start with one. We'll do one from each of you. Dave, you can go first. You give me a list of some of your favorite mid-round picks. Who would you like to highlight? I would like to highlight the same guy that I first spoke of on the last podcast we did, Heath, and that would be J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. We're excited about all the moves that the Ravens made this offseason and what it means to the long-term impact for Lamar Jackson. I think there's a good long-term impact for J.K. Dobbins as well. 24 years old, metrics off the charts from last year. Fantasy production wasn't so great. He was just above 10 PPR points per game. In his last four, it was a little bit better than that. It was like 11 and a half, somewhere close to that. But if, if defenses have to start respecting the pass a little bit more in Baltimore, and, and the Ravens did nothing to really improve their running back room this offseason, I, I think there's room for Dobbins to have the type of year that we were hoping that he would have. This is one of those players that I was talking about earlier, where we're drafting them in round four and five, but next year they might be a second or third round pick. How many catches for Dobbins if he plays 17 games? I'm going to set the over-under at 27. Okay. Heath, over-under, 27 catches was, for Dobbins. Yeah, I was just going to – the one sheet I didn't have pulled up was my running back projections because I was getting ready to talk about a wide receiver as my favorite. But that seems just a little bit low because I do think they're going to throw the ball quite a bit more than they have in the past. And um, I think Dobbins has been close to that pace – Maybe last year. So I will say Dobbins is, nope, I've got him lower, 21. <laughs> he had seven catches in eight games hey. last year. But two years two years ago when the Ravens did throw the ball more, when Dobbins was hurt and you know, they had terrible running backs, Devontae Freeman did have 34 catches in 16 games. But they, they are typically, they've been bottom four in running back targets each of the last four years. New offensive coordinator, though, maybe things will change. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to change that much just because what does Lamar do when his first target downfield isn't open? Yeah. So, well, right. it, it would be if they have a more designed pass plays to the running backs. Right. But I, I right. So like I think I think Dobbins can set a career high there, but his career high is only 18 catches in a season. 
So your twenty seven might be too high. All right, now so I feel like a moron. Dobbins is uh, a round five pick, RB seventeen. Uh, what I'm well, actually, now it says he's RB nineteen, but um, falling fast. I think I'm looking at. Uh, Okay, I think things have changed, actually, in the link that we were looking at, the PPR consensus rankings for fantasy pros. But he's going right in the same range as Miles Sanders, who's someone Heath had had on his list. I know, Heath, you're going with Sanders over Dobbins. Easy, right? Yeah, but I'm a lot higher than on Miles Sanders. I, I think where Dobbins is going is I've got him at 57th overall, so I'm probably very close to where he is. I'm, I'm about two rounds higher than that on Sanders. All right, Dave, how about you, Miles Sanders or J.K. Dobbins? Currently have Dobbins over Sanders, but I get why you'd go with Sanders over him simply for the reception upside. The fact that he, if the 27 is the number for Sanders, I think that's an easy over. He's been over that in two years of his career and really close to it in a third season. Yeah. Okay. I've got Sanders at 36. Sure. Like like 37 would probably be the good number for Sanders. And I'll be completely honest, he could blast that number. He could get close to 45-50 and, and, and get in there and, and catch a bunch of passes in this offense. I don't even know what what is the argument for Dobbins over Sanders, that he'll be on a better offense. That's one. That he'll average more yards per carry because he's been six yards per carry as a rookie and 5.7 yards per carry last year. So he's been mm-hmm. incredible at that. Um I don't, but what else, you know? I mean, else? the other factors are that Sanders, I, I don't want to make you go against Sanders, Heath, because he's your guy. Um, there's a chance that Sanders doesn't stay healthy for 17 games like he did last year. I think it's very unlikely he scores 11 touchdowns like he did last year. It's unlikely he's going to get zero like he did the year before, but it, six, seven touchdowns, I think that's well within range for Sanders. And I think Dobbins can beat that. I think Dobbins can get to 10 on a really good year. And see, so, yeah, that, that's that's just the difference in the projections. I think I have Sanders projected for ten and Dobbins for seven. So, um, that and that's it, there's not a strong enough history for Dobbins to make a good projection on his touchdowns. Is there what what's the history on Sanders? Because before last year, he had nine career rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I, I just view this as they went out and made him the highest paid running back in the free agent class and came close to guaranteeing him three years, like put a significant investment in him. And Shuba Hubbard is the number two running back on the team. I just don't think it's going to be like Philadelphia where Jalen Hurts and Boston Scott stole touchdowns. I think he is their guy. I don't even know how you would use previous year's touchdown totals for Sanders to project for this year. Um, But but I'll tell you this, for Baltimore, the last four seasons, those are the Lamar Jackson seasons, not Jackson's rookie year, but – beginning with his MVP season. Here are the Baltimore running back rushing touchdowns, 14, 17, 14, and then last year only nine. And they were horrible. I mean, they they had one of the worst offenses in football without Lamar Jackson last year. And that's actually when Dobbins got healthy and had that four-game stretch where he was pretty good. Okay, let's um, let's uh, get Heath's guy. Heath, who's your favorite mid-round pick or one you'd like to highlight? Yeah, I, I hate to do the same thing Dave did and talk about the guy we talked about on the Dynasty show, but I do love him for redraft also. So I'm going to say Jahan Dotson. Uh, he is wide receiver 41 in round eight, I believe is what I saw. 
And I just don't see that big of difference between him and Christian Watson. I talked about this a lot yesterday. They're, they're very similar rookie seasons. Dotson was a first-round pick. He's a year younger than Watson is. That's why I like him more in Dynasty. But for redraft purposes, you look after he got healthy at the end of the year. His last five games on pace for 71 catches, 1,170 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And he came into the NFL ready to go, was playing 87% of the snaps or more in his first three games. Now, Carson Wentz was playing quarterback at those that time. And if you remember, Carson Wentz only had eyes for Terry McLaurin. There was not a lot of target share available for Jahan Dotson early in the year. He was mostly used in the red zone. But he has had some glowing things to say about Sam Howell. I see his target share ticking up every time he speaks publicly about how much he likes Sam Howell. And I think that there's an underrated chance that he's the number one wide receiver or at least a 1A, 1B situation with Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, the okay, give me that that 17-game pace for Dotson in his last five games. 71, 11, 70, and 10. Yeah, I mean, that's better than Watson except for the touchdowns. Watson was on pace in the last eight games, uh, which was his healthy stretch, of 66 catches, 1,111 yards, 15 touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown, maybe two actually in that stretch. I think one. He did have one, a 46-yarder, I think. Yeah. Um, so um, fantasy per points per game, he was considerably better than Dotson because of the rushing production, I think. But the other thing is, um, I think the downgrade from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love is probably bigger than the downgrade from Carson Wentz slash Taylor Heineke to Sam Howell. Sam Howell slash Jacoby Brissett. I don't. I don't expect there to be any Jacoby Brissett, but that that is possible. Yes. All right, and they are going. Yeah, you know, it's such a different value. So Jahan Dotson, right around wide receiver forty. Yesterday, when we looked at this link, he was wide receiver forty-one. In fact, about an hour ago, he was wide receiver forty-one. Now I'm looking at the same exact link, which is the Fantasy Pros PPR uh, consensus rankings. He's wide receiver thirty-nine. So things it seems like somebody updated their rankings and moved up Jahan Dotson. They've probably been listening to the <laughs> Fantasy Football Today Dynasty Show. Christian Watson, sixty-sixth overall. In, on this page, Jahan Dotson, 96th overall. So um, good good value there. All right, we'll come back to this list and talk about a lot more players, including Justin Herbert, Kyle Pitts, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, currently a round eight pick. Here's a stat on Madison. <laughs> How about, in the last six games that Dalvin Cook has missed, Madison has scored 21.4 or more PPR fantasy points in four of those six games. And last year in week 18, when the Minnesota played their starters, I don't know, about half the game, Madison scored two touchdowns. So, Yummy. And we've got, we've got reason to think he'll be the guy, at least for, you know, maybe they'll sign someone else. But we'll talk about that shortly. It is major time on the golf calendar, and the First Cut podcast has you covered with comprehensive coverage of the PGA Championship from Oak Hill Country Club in New York. Join our gang for daily recaps from Rochester as they follow the sport's top stars on their quest for the Wanamaker Trophy. Download and follow the First Cut podcast wherever you find this one. That is the First Cut podcast. Before we go to break, Heath, tell me the most interesting thing that was said on the Dynasty episode yesterday. Uh, really interesting conversation about Jamison Williams and how how concerned we are that he's just not playing football and will not be practicing for the next seven weeks or so the first seven weeks of the season with the Lions. He was a major, major faller for me over the last month in my dynasty rankings. Cool. All right. Check it all out 
on the Dynasty episode, which is in our feed. It's on Tuesdays. It's also on YouTube at youtube.com slash today. If you click on the live tab, you will see all of our archived live shows. And if you're watching on YouTube right now or watching later, please hit the like button. It will help us out a lot. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're back to give you the news and notes. All right, can I bring in Schaefer? Schaefer, I, I don't, uh, you good for, to help me out on this one? You ready? Give me a thumbs up. All right, I need your Dalvin Cook. All right, Schaefer gave me the Dalvin Cook scoop last night. What happened there, uh, Vikings fan? So, uh, oh, come on back. That, that was great. Don't be shy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so, the, you know, Twitter rumors started coming out about Dalvin Cook a couple, like over the last couple of weeks. And then, you know, the, the fantasy and shows started reposting that um, the banner removed Dalvin Cook from the Vikings Twitter, the, the, the Vikings Twitter official banner and replaced it with uh, Alexander Madison. So thinking that he's going to be the starter and Dalvin Cook's out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not nothing, right? You, you got to you put your social media stuff out there and you take out Dalvin Cook and put in Alexander Madison. Um, Dave, we can talk about him right now if you want as a guy you, you had on your favorite mid-round sure. picks list. Uh, but right now I'm clicking around the Vikings website to see if they did the same thing. That's always been a tip-off is what they do on the official website. I remember I got made fun of for this once because Josh Rosen – wasn't featured on the Cardinals website like anywhere in their marketing. And everyone thought, well, they're not going to draft Kyler Murray because they just had Josh Rosen. And then everybody knows what happened. <laughs> so I'm clicking around. I see a lot of Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not seeing any Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, okay, let me let me ask you this. Are you bothered at all by how inefficient Alexander Madison has been each of his last two seasons? I think 3.7 and 3.8 yards per carry in his last two seasons. Last year, he did not have a carry of longer than 15 yards. It was only 74 carries, and he didn't have any games with more than 10 carries, but that's two, you know, started his career with two pretty good seasons on paper. His last two seasons have been pretty underwhelming. Does that bother you at all, or do you basically just look back at all the success he's had whenever Dalvin Cook has missed time? I mean, the stats that you gave are, are pretty eye-opening. The fact that in two-thirds of his games, he was over 20 fantasy points per, that's nice. And I'm looking for some something like that. That kind of upside will make him a very popular pick in fantasy drafts once it's clear that Cook is off the Vikings roster. 
I, what, what I think is going to end up happening in Minnesota, even if Cook stays, is that there will be a split. And they're not going to try and force one guy to handle the majority of the work. So it, even if Madison will be the 1A if Cook leaves, and he'll be the 1B if Cook stays. But I, I'm looking at Madison as somebody who could rack up on a good week 15 touches, but most weeks around 11 to 12 with some touchdown potential mixed in. And I, I, it's the volume that I'm hoping that carries him through um, to a good fantasy season and an RB2 type of fantasy season. Heath? Yeah, low, low-end low RB2. I mean, I'm going to talk about Rashad White and Damian Pierce here in just a minute. I think if if we got an announcement this morning that Dalvin Cook had, was cut, um, I would still have Madison behind those two guys. But why? It, he has been... I mean, he steps into this opportunity... Who's he going to split with? A seventh round rookie, rookie running back? You know, when was the last time Minnesota? I know it's a new coaching staff, but even last year, Minnesota hasn't had a split in a long time, and they didn't have one last season with with the new coaching staff. But I just, I I'm not saying I disagree, but I, I think well, I'm not sure wow. that Damian Pierce and Rashad White are going to have a split. Oh, I think I don't know about Rashad White, but I think Damian Pierce. I mean, I would expect a bigger role from Devin Singletary in Houston than anyone else currently. If, if Dalvin Cook is gone, anyone else currently on the Vikings roster, I do think the Vikings would be a very uh, good destination for Leonard Fournette or Zeke or Kareem Hunt or some somebody with experience. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm always, I think, a little bit more skeptical um, of a guy in year five doubling his career touches. But you know right, why I, you know I asked this? Because I feel like in the past— as recently as last year, I probably said to you, when we talked about handcuff running backs, I probably said to you, if Dalvin Cook were out for the season, where would Alexander Madison be? And we've considered him a top 12 running back in that scenario. So I'm just wondering what has changed in the last year that, that makes him a low-end RB2 if Dalvin Cook is off the team. Well, I don't think. <clears throat> I think the difference is that in a game where Dalvin Cook misses time or if he goes out in the middle of the season – it's less likely that Madison has a big splitting partner than if they are preparing to go into the season with Madison as their number one running back. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but who is he going to split with on the current roster? You would well, there's, there's going to be seven running backs who have rushed for 10,000 yards on the waiver wire. That's what I'm, okay, that, but that's, that was my next question, right? It's, I, we have to rank them now, and maybe you're going to expect the Vikings to get one of those guys. But if they don't, if they go into the season and it's McBride as the number two running back in theory. Behind, or Ty Chandler. Yeah, I mean that. Like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's right. It's nothing. I get what you're it's a seventh round rookie running back, and and just filler basically. You know, to, at least to me, it seems like an amazing situation for Madison. It seems like a good situation for Madison. It also seems like a good situation for the Vikings to be top three in the league in pass rate, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, and they just they just air it out. Yeah. Well, well were, that's one of the things I was going to look at because they had last year 445 running back opportunities, which was 22nd in the NFL, but more than 100 behind the teams that were at the top. I feel like in the past they've been closer to the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Well, they were third in pass attempts. They were third in pass attempts per game last year. They completely flipped from being a, pa- a run heavy team. And they're probably to going to be worse. They're probably going to be playing from behind more. But still, you had Dalvin Cook as a top 10 running back on a per-game basis. He was 11th in non, 11th in half, and 14th per game in full PPR. I don't think Alexander Madison is as good as Dalvin Cook. 
Well, Cook wasn't that good last year, but I, I, I mean, look, he's he isn't. So yes, the year before they had 525 running back opportunities, which ranked fourth in the NFL. Yeah, it's not going to be as good without the Mike Zimmer strategy there for sure. But right, um, I think I so think the people- things that have changed is I think he's more likely to share in a situation where they're going into the year with him as their starter instead of him coming in when they just lost their RB one. Um, and two, I don't think the situation is as good as it's been in past years for Minnesota running backs because they are a pass-first offense now. Okay, well, it's well said. I also think that whether people want to admit it or not, his his lack of success the last two seasons just overall on the stat sheet will probably influence people. Basically. That would have ended it so much quicker. I should have just said he's averaged less than four yards per yeah. carry two years in a row. You have to wonder how, how good he is. I mean, you have to wonder. And you would have just accepted it. He looked like a much better player, you know, before the last couple of years. But even even two years ago, he was incredible when he filled in for Cook. And like I said, week 18, scored two touchdowns against, against the Bears. But All right, uh, more news. Hey, Matt Ryan is joining the CBS team. He will be a CBS sports analyst. Awesome. Let's get him on the show. What do you think? Let's get him on the show. Yes, for okay, sure. We'll try. But we have to have Scott White on that day. Okay. Oh, that would be fun. Deal. Uh, Tajay Spears, rookie running back for the Titans. He was asked about a report that he does not have an ACL in one of his knees, and all he said was, I'm healthy. So something to consider for Dynasty, right? I mean, Heath, what are your thoughts on that? Tajay Spears, rookie. We talked back about that as lane. well yesterday on the Dynasty show on Fantasy Football Today. Um, Dan is downgrading him because of that. I'm not particularly concerned about it. He's a second or third round rookie pick. If I get one good season out of him, I'm going to be pretty thrilled. We've seen backs or players play with this type of condition for five to eight years. Running backs have a short shelf life anyway. Okay, Devontae Adams, Dave, he says he doesn't see eye-to-eye with the front office on what's best for the team offensively. And he says, quote, it all depends on the style of ball that we play. If we play a certain brand of ball, I can get Garoppolo to conform to whatever. But if we use him a certain type of way, then it's going to make it tough for us to maximize who we should be this year, end quote. Mm. That was Devontae Adams. What do you make of it? I wonder if that's a signal of the Raiders planning to be a little more conservative with their downfield passing. We've already talked about this with Garoppolo and how hes it's almost like his tendency to keep it simple and keep it short, and that's what quarterbacks are asked to do in San Francisco. Obviously, there's going to be times where he takes deep shots. Um, I don't have the deep pass rate attempt for Garoppolo in low. San Francisco. I could look it up, but low, I'm low is the answer. <laughs> I'm assuming it's pretty low compared to the rest of the league. And if that's if that's what the Raiders are going to go with, then of course that's going to make Devontae Adams uh, a little bit upset. I think what this what this whole conversation says is you guys need to get Josh Jacobs into your top two running backs with me. Top two running backs. He's number two. Because he's going to catch a lot of balls? Just because he's going to and touch the ball 360 times again. Okay. Uh, George Bremer, hope I'm, hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Also hope I'm pronouncing the word hope right. Uh, George Bremer George? of the Kokomo... Uh, Tribune said Anthony Richardson is not quite as raw as he's sometimes been portrayed. Of course he is. And the Colts have been impressed with his pocket awareness. If you had watched him at Florida, you would have known that. Now, I don't, he wasn't a polished product, 
But a lot of people had him out to be like this raw project type of quarterback. <laughs> the three people, all three, it's a huge sample size. The three people that I've spoken to that have that watched him at Florida a lot all think he stinks. So I, yes. will, I will say that. I, I Yeah, but their standards are kind of high. Yeah, they're probably mad. Uh, and one of them watched him, one of the people that I talked to watched him in high school. And he's also just absolutely not sold on on Richardson. It comes down to improving his technique. His yeah. footwork's got to get better. Um, but but like reading defenses and making decisions, I think those are things that he's pretty good at. He's got to work on not making every pass a, a bullet throw. Uh, he's got to work on just you know his mechanics more than anything I, else. I think I it's really possible think. he's going to have a significant upgrade in coaching for the next twelve months than he's had for his uh, career thus far. It was always my problem too, Dave. I I threw the ball way too hard. I said you gotta you guess you got that lightning arm. You gotta ease off a little bit. I, right. I guess quarterback has the me. same problem. Quarterback's not for me. Okay, Bijan Robinson said he was used everywhere during rookie camp, from receiver to running back. That's cool. Ron Rivera says he wants to get Antonio Gibson more touches in twenty twenty three. Well, we I talked think- about that too. Okay, <laughs> I, you get you could have read the. No, I guess I didn't send them until like two minutes. Before yeah, you sent them thirty bad. seconds before we started, or, you and you know, were cursing out another show's podcast. Anyway, well, um, no, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about, for Antonio Gibson because I don't think Brian Robinson did anything to to prove that he's better than Antonio Gibson. It just seemed like the coaching staff hated it, Gibson last year. And what, what I said yesterday was maybe it was just that the offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, hated him. Eric Bieniemy is more fond of him, and that's why Ron Rivera is now saying that he looks better. The league average in deep pass rate attempt last year was 11.2%. Was Garoppolo higher or lower than the league average? Lower. Lower. He was lower. The yeah. lowest percentage among qualifying quarterbacks was 5.4%. That was not Garoppolo. Garoppolo was at 9.7%, which is still in the bottom 10. The man who is at the very bottom of that list might be on our podcast with Scott White sometime in the next four months. (laughs) Worth noting that Devontae Adams did have a tremendous year two or three seasons ago when Aaron Rodgers, his ADOT, everything was very short. It was one of those Mm -hmm. weird years. He's shown that he can thrive in that style as well. He can do anything, yep. Okie dokie. How about our favorite mid-round picks? Heath, your list includes one quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert. He's QB7 right now, round five pick. And yeah, go ahead. Give me your quick thoughts on Justin Herbert. This is one of the guys who I think could be a difference maker, could be a top three or four quarterback. We've seen him hit that 26 fantasy point per game mark. Um, He doesn't quite have the QB1 overall upside, but definitely top three or four. And so he's also QB7 for me. It's just I have seven QBs in the first four rounds. Okay, yeah, we, we like Justin Herbert. Uh, but it's I'm not used to I, – I, I thought it was worth pointing out because I'm not used to seeing in the middle rounds quarterbacks who have an ADB, ADP behind where I have them ranked. You look at the other quarterbacks between round five and all the way to round nine, almost all of them I have in the 100s in terms uh, of the – the pick. So Herbert does stand out as an option that's available there. If you miss the first six, that's still there in the mid rounds. Okay. Last thing I'm going to check here. Herbert is QB seven. Where is Richardson? Oh, right. He's super low. Oh, he's QB 10 now. Okay. Cause I think when we were looking at this, he was maybe QB 20. Oh, that could have been something different. 
Um, this is ADP. Oh, this is ADP. The consensus rankings, it was QB20, but now this is ADP. So that's what I've been using. I've been using ADP, not consensus rankings. I said that earlier. I don't know why these changed as much as they did in the last hour. But anyway, uh, Herbert. Sounds like maybe it's possible that you changed the, the what you were using. No, I'm using the same link from the email. I clicked on it. I went back to the email. I clicked on it. It's the same. It hasn't changed that much. Just minor changes, I guess. Okay, that's Herbert. I think we can skip Miles Sanders. Heath really likes him. He's a round five pick right now. He's RB18, and he's going just before J.K. Dobbins, and we had that debate, or just after J.K. Dobbins, basically the same exact spot. We had that debate a little bit earlier. Um, Heath, you have Damian Pierce and Rashad White, a couple of second-year running backs. Pierce is a round six pick right now. Devin Singletary not a factor. He's a very late round pick. And Rashad White, not a factor in ADP, I mean. Um, Rashad White is around seven pick at RB26. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Pierce and Rashad White. Who do you like better? Um, I have Pierce, I think, one spot ahead, but I, I have both of them um, significantly ahead of where they're being ranked. And, and I just think they're both probably going to be um, pretty close to workhorse backs. Um, I don't imagine Devin Singletary has an impact. I, I know that Damian Pierce kind of hit the rookie wall last year, but now he can build on the amount of touches that he had, and I do expect this Houston offense is going to be improved. They've made, and I think they're going to be run heavy. So I think there's an opportunity to see 17, 18 carries a game and then a couple of catches for Damian Pierce. Dave, do you think they will both be workhorses, Damian Pierce and Rashad White? Define workhorse. Is it like the new definition of workhorse or is it the old definition of workhorse? You know, it's not not necessarily 300 carries, but 80% of the team's Eight, carries. Is 18 touches a game? Can we say 18 touches? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a better chance for White to get there than Pierce. But I, I, I personally, I like Pierce's talent better. Uh, I don't know if his situation is necessarily better. These are guys that kind of fallen into like a, a quality RB two range. I do have Pierce ranked higher than Rashad white, but it's, it's based mostly on, I think they're going to be white more so than Pierce, but both in a position to be the lead running back for their teams. Uh, white might have an edge on catching the football. We already know about CJ Stroud and how little he threw to his running backs at Ohio state. Don't know how much that'll be integrated into what the Texans are doing. And we we have to say this. It's a 49ers, you know, playbook coming to Houston. And 49ers have always used multiple running backs. It's just kind of the thing they do until they've got one that they can just completely rely on, like the Jets did with Brees Hall for a few games last year, like the 49ers did most of the time with Christian McCaffrey once they acquired him. Is Pierce ready to be? You know, on that level of Hall and McCaffrey, I don't think so. And so, yeah, that's probably why there's a better shot at more touches for White from game to game. I don't know how much the forty of the 49ers specifically using multiple backs has been using multiple backs at the same for an extended period. They just never have had a back who can play 17 games. Like it was Mostert was getting 15 to 20 touches and got hurt. And then Wilson was, and then Elijah Mitchell was, and then Christian McCaffrey was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not as certain they're committed to the committee. And even if there is like, there, there were multiple backs that were used in Houston last year as well. 
Not, not really. No, well, not yeah, and that worked not against really. Pierce in the early go. No, it didn't. I that would have to yes, push back. Pierce barely played. What? No, week one was the only game that was Rex Burkhead and Pierce were splitting from weeks two through fourteen. That's when Pierce hurt himself. At week fourteen, Damian Pierce had two hundred and nine carries, and the other Houston running backs had twenty carries. He had okay. Basically, so I was looking at snap share. Okay, yeah. Uh, he he had basically yeah. The other Houston running backs had thirty nine catches. And he had 29 catches in that stretch. But in terms of carries, I don't know if there was a running back who had a higher share than him. I mean, he was right up there at the top. Probably there was some he, one or two. But He had a stretch from week five through week 11 where he played 75% of the, 72% of the snaps in all but one game. But he was the first three weeks, 29, 62, 59. The last three weeks, 56, 72, 55. Um, so he was, I mean, he was a full-time player for a stretch in the middle of the season, but he, he shared plenty early and late. The 55, I believe, was when he got hurt, right? We had 22 carries in that game, so maybe. Yeah, I don't know. All right, anyway, uh, he, he um, I just like Devin Singletary. I mean, I, I don't like him more than Pierce, but I like him more than most backup running backs. You know, he's a, he's a good player. We'll see how, how it works out. Does avoided tackle rate mean anything to you guys? Yeah. Stack I mean, that, you, that's a stat that helps you get more yards if you can avoid tackles as a running back. Yeah, he's good at that. Pierce was good. He was number one among running backs with at least 175 carries last year. 28.2% avoided tackle rate. Devin Singletary was 18th at 18.6. Rashad White, uh, pretty much dead last. Second to last at 10.9%. The only guy that was worse was on his own team, Leonard Fournette. At seven point nine percent. Wow, that's Does that low. tell you something about the offensive line, though. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily about the offensive line because this is avoided tackle rate. Yeah, usually yards before contact per rush will tell me something about the offensive line, and that worked out well for Singletary and terribly for Pierce. And so, if that Houston offensive line gets better, like everybody's saying it will, right? Then that's an area of improvement for Pierce, where now he's going to get a yard, yeah. yard and a quarter per rush without getting touched, and he was outstanding after contact last year. He was top 10 in that stat. And that's my big question. Like, I know the reason, Adam, that you say that Devin Singletary is a good running back is because he averages 4.5 yards per carry every year. I just don't know how much of that is playing on the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. Um, I I mean, look, it's not— When you're comparing 4.6 yards per carry next to Josh Allen to 4.3 yards per carry on the Houston Texans last year, I think Damian Pierce is probably a lot better. And Singletary's been flat-out bad in the passing game. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's not like Pierce was so good in the panel. No, Pierce was Pierce was bad in the passing game last year as a rookie, but that's kind of normal. Well, okay, Singletary, I just think, has been an underrated player. Since entering the NFL in 2019, there have been 55 running backs with 300 or more carries. He's 13th in rushing yards. He's 15th in carries. He's 13th in rushing yards. He's 10th in yards per carry. He's 13th in yards before contact per carry. 19th in yards after contact per carry. Um, there's a lot of— Out of how many? Out of 55. Oh. He's fifth in percentage of carries for 12 or more yards. That's that's explosive run rate. Fifth best among 55 running backs with 300 more carries since 2019. I think he's been a pretty underrated player. Like I don't think he's a great player. He's probably not as good as Damian Pierce. He doesn't have as much upside as Damian Pierce. Pierce is a kind of a, a an exciting player. He can run you over. He can make some big plays. I just think that when it comes to backup running backs, he's one of the better ones in football. It wouldn't, he's, we'll go back to the Madison conversation. If 
he's much better than I think than the guys that are on the Vikings if Dalvin Cook leaves and they don't add anyone. But all right, um, it, it would help him to be up. one of the best backup running backs if Alexander Madison and Tony Pollard are now starters. Exact. Yes. Uh, Traylon Burks is on your list. You have him and and Jahan Dotson as your two wide receivers. Who do you like better? Uh, Dotson, but I mean, I don't even know. I was going to say Burks has more target opportunity, but as little as they throw in Tennessee, I'm not even sure that's actually true. But for all the reasons we're excited about Chigo Conquo as a potential breakout tight end, Traylon Burks has all the room in the world to be the number one wide receiver to, to see 130, 140 targets in a Titans offense, even if they only throw it 450 times. And he has plenty of talent. He just has to get healthy and get in the good graces of the coaching staff. I think Traylon Burks is an excellent candidate to be a surprise wide receiver two finisher this year. And Kyle Pitts is the last one that we'll get to on Heath's list. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I want a tight end who could be a difference maker if I'm going to draft a tight end in this range. And I still believe that if everything goes right for Kyle Pitts, if Desmond Ritter is not terrible, if the Falcons actually do throw the ball a little more like Arthur Smith's saying they're going to, Pitts could have the type of year that he had his rookie year, except with touchdowns. Would you rather have Kyle Pitts in round six or Darren Waller in round seven? Pitts for sure. Pitts. Kyle Pitts in round six or Darren Waller in round eight? Pitts. Pitts. Dallas Goddard or Kyle Pitts? Goddard. Pitts. But it's a coin flip between them for me, basically. I've got them 59th and 60th, so. All right, let's take a break. We'll get Dave's list when we come back on Fantasy Football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dave's favorite mid-round picks. J.K. Dobbins was the headliner. Cam Akers is a round seven pick. We also talked about Alexander Madison. Uh, but let's talk about Cam Akers and then Javante Williams, who you put as sort of. Sort of. Yeah, but uh, okay, Cam Akers. I want to give you one stat that I don't know that we talked about with Cam Akers. We have brought him up before. In his last six games, he was the number four running back in fantasy. He was top six per game. He averaged 4.9 yards per carry. He did all of that without Matthew Stafford. He was great. It reminds me a little bit of Tyler Higbee two years ago or whatever that was. Uh, and he had the easiest schedule. He faced teams that ranked 30th, 28th, 25th, 22nd, and 26th in fantasy points allowed. And Seattle, he faced them twice. They were horrible. I think they were 30th in fantasy points allowed to running back. Guess who he plays in week one? Seattle. Seattle. Well, they they did they did beef up their defensive line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we don't want to talk about who he plays after Seattle. But 
No, I just wonder if that. I just wonder if that matters because the strong finish was very impressive for Cam Akers, but it was against you know the competition. It's kind of like David Montgomery a few years ago, right? Competition was as good as it gets for the most part. Yeah, that's definitely a concern, and and that's why when you can get him, I saw the ADP on Akers and I couldn't believe it. I'll take him in round seven, every single draft I'm in if I can get him there. I currently have him as a round five player, which might be too high. But I think about the Rams' offense and how they really didn't do a whole lot to add competition to the running back room. And I think it's because they only had so much capital to work with this offseason. And they're headed toward a season where they're probably not going to contend for a playoff spot. Well, maybe a playoff spot, but I think they're going to have a hard time taking down the NFC West. And that's even with Arizona being a total mess. I'm nervous about the, the amount of opportunities for Akers. But I also just don't think that there's a ton of of uh, personnel there that's going to take him off the field, especially on running downs. The difference being he could get hurt or he can get in the doghouse again. He, you know, if he has an outburst at practice, does that mean that Sean McVay talks about trading him? Who knows? But I think they went into the offseason saying, okay, we're good at running back. Cam Akers proved that he could still play. It's the best that he looked. Those last five, six games, I've got him in his last five at 17.7 PPR points per game. And yes, the matchups were great. But you're drafting him at a spot if it's round seven where if he gives you 12 PPR points per game, that's a win. And I think he can do that even against some of the tougher defenses that he'll face. Okay. And then Javante Williams. I don't even know how we... How we like? Think where about, do we start with him? Well, where's ADP? You know, I don't think he's going to be I, that's a, what around it's eight based nine on more guy. than anything. Right now, he's an eight nine turn guy, RB thirty. But I don't know where he'll end up because I think there. I think there will be like Jamie said yesterday or Monday rather. He just thinks he's going to be out on Javante Williams unless he gets great value. And I think there will be enough people in that camp. So, what are your thoughts on Javante Williams right now? Yeah, at at this value, that's all about. Th- this is part of the secret of winning fantasy leagues is taking advantage of, you know, public perception. This is a running back who we loved coming out of North Carolina. I still expect him to share in Denver, but you're getting him at a cheaper price point than, you know, 30 other running backs. And he can finish as a top 30 back. If he gets back on the field and you give him a couple of weeks to round into shape, might be a better second half of the season player, but we've seen the tendency with Sean Payton, to lean on his running backs in the passing game. It's not just a third down thing, which is where I think Samaj P. Ryan will contribute for Denver. It's also a first and second down thing, and Williams can catch the football. He has not been a great stat producer, uh, at least consistently, throughout his first two years in the league. He barely played in his second year. He's been below 11.5 PPR points per game on average each of the first two years. I think he's got a shot to do better than that, but it's specifically going to come in the second half of the season. You draft him. You're patient. And I, don't, I listen, you're drafting him in round eight or round nine if he's going to start the season on the pup list or if he's going to start uh, not on the pup list, but he's not going to play the first two, three games of the season. If he's practicing in training camp, there's no chance you're getting him this late. And that's the other right. caveat to it. And so would I take him in round five? I mean, the reports would have to be glowing for anybody to be that excited about Javante Williams. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, round five. Okay. So if you're telling me he's ready for week one, how about this? Fill in the blank. If Javante Williams is ready for week one, he should be drafted in round blank 
and Samaj P. Ryan should be drafted in round blank of a 12-team PPR league? Uh, I'm going to lean a little conservative then and just say like round six for Javante and probably like round nine for P. Ryan. Could go four and eight. Okay. So, yeah, that's going to be round five on average for Javante, average between Heath and I. Small sample size. And then right in that 8-9 range for P. Ryan. How much is the ACL factoring? Is that the most of I the mean, reason why he's not a top three-round pick? Okay. Yeah. And by the way, I, there's there have been very few workhorses in terms of just carries in 15 seasons with Sean Payton as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. 15 seasons, there have been a running back who's had 226 or more carries only four times. Um, but the most recent season, Alvin Kamara averaged 18 and a half carries per game. That was in 2021. So he has shown it. But the, this guy does split a lot. However, he also, I mean, a ton of catches. I, Dave mentioned Yeah, I think we should give up on the idea of Javante Williams as a workhorse running back ever. He was not a workhorse running back in college. He has not been a workhorse court running back in the NFL. And then he had a major significant knee injury. Okay. Last guy that I want to get to, Dave, is someone who Jamie had on his tough-to-rank list, and that was Chris Godwin. Currently on Fantasy Pros PPR ADP, he's a round five pick. He's wide receiver 29. Do you like that value on Godwin? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm probably going to end up with Godwin on a lot of my teams in full PPR because I think he's he's a much better fit for not only what Baker Mayfield does, but also Kyle Trask compared to Mike Evans. Evans, perimeter receiver, got a lot of his production on downfield routes. All of his touchdowns last year came on go routes. Those are passes that Baker Mayfield just isn't good at throwing. Baker is a little bit more conservative. I'm sure he'll be asked to play conservatively. And it's just easier to throw you know, a pass between 5 and 10 yards to Godwin, who's excelled at those types of targets for years. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he just eats it up and has a chance to get close to 85, 90 catches. And the production that comes along with it won't be efficient. We're not going to say, wow, Chris Godwin, 15 yards a catch. Uh, that's not happening unless they're playing 11 on 10. But I think he could average around 10, 11 yards per catch and come up with like six touchdowns. So so I wrote about this uh, this week um, because I've, I talked to Jamie. I was on when Jamie said that too, and we kind of argued a little bit. Um, and so I, I did the math. They've averaged 741 pass attempts per season the last two years. No chance. It's going to be the anywhere close. The median last year was 571. They have a, def- a former defensive coordinator at head coach and a first-time play caller who has been under Pete Carroll for the last 13 years. I think league median pass attempts is the most I would want to project for them. They're probably going to be below. If they're at league median, that's a 23% drop in the number of pass attempts. If you take Chris Godwin's fantasy points per games the last two seasons and lop off 23%, and again, that's assuming he's equally efficient with Baker Mayfield or Trask as he was with Tom Brady. If you just take off the 23% for volume, he's wide receiver 30 two years ago, wide receiver 36 last year. Per game or overall? Because he did miss per three. Game. Oh, per oh, game. Okay. okay. That's just taking his per game average and, and looking at basically 77% of it. I don't think that's the floor. 
I just don't know. It's like it's easy for me to be off of Mike Evans, to just not really want him unless it's, you know, round seven or something. But Godwin is still is in his prime. I think he's really good. <laughs> and Evans is a great player, just, you know, getting older. I uh I don't want to believe that he that his floor is lower than wide receiver thirty. I just you got him at eleven point five PPR points per game if you're taking off twenty three percent. Because I tell you what, because I, I just don't see I just don't see them throwing to the running backs nearly as much as they threw. With, so under that's Brady. the path. He could have an increase in target share. Right, that's what I would expect. I would expect but that. I, I mean, Baker Mayfield has not exactly been a throw to one guy thirty percent of the time type of guy, as we saw, unfortunately, last year. No, not thirty percent. But what's his target share been? Do you know? I, I've got him projected for twenty-two percent, I think. And you and you have you have Godwin projected as wide receiver or what? Thirty-five. Yeah. But if he played seventy games and like, that's really the same as a, a per game. Um, yeah, I've got him at one hundred and nineteen targets, eighty-eight catches at ten yards per catch, just like Dave said. Mm-hmm. But eight, that's eighty-eight catches at ten yards per catch is eight hundred and eighty yards. By that math, Jordan Addison would have a better year. What? By that math, I think Jordan Addison could have a better year. Well, I think it is time to read some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Tom Ford in L.A. Doesn't he just sound like an actor, movie star, Tom Ford? I think that is the name of an actor, isn't it? He's a designer. Is he? Yeah. Like this guy who's emailing, or there's a someone named Tom Ford? I mean, Ford. he's probably faking that he's Tom Ford, but yeah, that's who Tom Ford is. Thomas Schaefer. On don't don't you live in New York? Don't Couture. you live in New York, Adam? I'm supposed to know who Tom Ford is? I mean, when was, you haven't been to a fashion show recently? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is in a, a section on Neiman Marcus. No, I, I did not know him. I think that this guy's name is actually just Tom Ford, and he probably doesn't know who the, who the other Tom Ford is. I think Schaefer's wrong on this I one. think this is the real legitimate Tom Ford. That could be. Okay, Tom Ford. This is Ford. the great-great-grandson of, of Henry Ford. <laughs> right now, without signings or player movement, who do you expect to have a more fantasy-relevant season? Zeke, Mixon, Fournette, or Dalvin Cook? Mixon. Mm. Mm. He's, I think he's staying. I think. I think. Yeah. See, that's that's the question, Adam. You asked me this earlier in the week. Like, don't we think Dalvin Cook has more left than Zeke and Fournette? Like, do we think Dalvin Cook gets cut and then is a starter somewhere else in the next month? If he goes to Miami, yes. That's a crowded, crowded backfield, but yes. And that's where he wants to go. It's where he's from. Um, I think so. I think Dalvin Cook's still a starting running back, but also I think you said it on Monday. It wouldn't shock me if Dalvin Cook is no longer a starting running back. We just don't know it yet, and then we find it out this year. He just has right. that that and he's Which not that good anymore. Kind either. of at times look like what might be happening to Mixon last year. I mean, it's oh, remember, yeah. they were choosing to play some AJP Ryan more in the, in the, against the Chiefs in, in the playoffs. Oh, I think you could argue that. Given the the amount of light boxes that he faced, Joe Mixon faced, he had one of the worst seasons of any starting running back. I mean, it's fair. He underachieved so significantly. God, that one game against Carolina just carried him. This is from Dan. Should I trade away Tony Pollard for a 2024 first round pick in Dynasty? 
I'd aim for more. I was going to look at the trade chart. I mean, I think the answer in a vacuum, if you are not contending this year, is you'd much rather have the draft pick than Tony Pollard. But how many of those rookie picks, because I responded to him, I thought only three, unless it's super flex. But if it's not super flex, I would take Bijan, Gibbs, and it's Jackson. It's 2024. Right, but this oh, is next gosh, year's Oh, gosh, I'm first. sorry. But you even, know, next even year's so. Next is going to be so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Where have we heard that before? Oh, man. Look, who have you heard any huge buzz for any college prospects outside of Caleb Williams and Drake May? Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Dan Marvin, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. But and last there year, be, this there will be an RB1 of the class. There will, but will it be Bijan? No. Like, it, I know Ohio State's guy could be that guy. Like, I, I don't have the same sense. I, we could end up being dead wrong on this in next year's draft class. is huge. But I don't have the same type of sense or, or the same type of excitement for next year's class as I did at this time last year. Oh, Brock Bowers. Yeah. Brock oh, Bowers. yeah. I like him too. Yeah. That's a good call. And I'm looking at a mock draft on our site for 2024. We've got two Ohio State wide receivers in the top 10. Yeah. 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 Ameka that, that second Abuka. Ohio State receiver. What's his? I can't remember his name. Ameka Abuka. I'm probably saying there that wrong. Go. I apologize. I do have a random 2024 first worth slightly more than Tony Pollard. Um, now, if you're contending this year, I wouldn't do it. But if you're rebuilding 100%. I have Pollard in our Dynasty League, and I would not trade him for a 2024 first. But you are contending this year. I am. That's fair. It's fair, but I would not do it. Okay. I am looking at this mock draft and scrolling down, and the Giants, 14th overall in a 2024, 15th overall, 2024 mock draft, the Giants are selecting a quarterback. Yeah. What are you kidding? What has gone so wrong for Daniel Jones in one year that they are taking a quarterback in, year? in round one. Well, they just signed him to a two, yeah, basically a three-year deal worth $37 million per year. That was a mistake, and they may realize that within one year. What I, that, <laughs> that would be bad. I know officially it was four years, 160, but... Uh, okay, uh, from this is from Casey in Nebraska. Hey, Aaron, Brett, and Bart. Packers quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very bad that I originally read that, and I was like, Aaron, Brett, and Bart. Oh, those are Boons. And then, no, they're just... Bart Boone? Yeah. I have the first pick in a 14-team PPR league. Convince me that Justin Jefferson is not the guy to pick. No. Good podcast to have this on, because uh, yeah. I think as of now, Heath and I both do not have Jefferson at one, but... Since the schedule has come out, I've started to get a little worried about the 49ers. I think they got a raw deal with the schedule this year. And it might be enough of a tipping point for me to go back to Jefferson. What if it was announced that Trey Lance was starting the entire year tomorrow? It's a big if, and I think I would like that for Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I would hate it. Why? Because he's gonna. You think Trey Lance is gonna steal a ton of numbers from McCaffrey? I don't think. It just Trey means Lance the offense will be more passes to McCaffrey. Maybe, but I also think that everything's just gonna continue to stay revolving around CMC. He might lose a couple of short yardage touchdowns to Trey Lance. But Heath, you have Chase ahead of Jefferson, right? I do, but I I've said, even when I made that move, I said I don't feel strongly about it. I think they're yeah. separated by a half a point over the entire season. I, they're both awesome. I just slightly prefer Chase. I wouldn't talk anybody out of taking Jefferson though. From Justin. And where's he from? Schenectady, New York. Mm, Schenectady, I believe. 
I say it's Schenectady. <laughs> I'm <wrong>. old school. <laughs> Dynasty 10-team PPR contending team. Which side do you like better? Devontae Adams, J.K. Dobbins, and Cortland Sutton. Or instead of Sutton, you can go with a with pick 205 in the 2023 rookie draft. Which okay. would you rather have? Pick or Sutton? A uh, contending team, I'd take Sutton. Okay, Adams, Dobbins, and Sutton, or Judy, Amari Cooper, and Najee Harris. Ooh. that's So basically, you are getting either the side that has maybe the two, three, and four best players, but the other side is Devontae Adams. So it's Adams, Dobbins, and Sutton, or Judy, Cooper, and Najee Harris. 10 team, I'm taking the Adams side. Okay. Hmm... I think I am too, yeah. And I think I'd rather have the pick than Sutton. Which, uh, where's G-Lo from? I'm trying to think of another town in this. Is it G-Lo or is it Glow? <laughs> it's G-Lo. <laughs> Quick, give me a town that starts with S-C-H that I can butcher. Oh, gosh. Scarerville instead Shit's of Scarerville. <laughs> Shit's Creek, yes, good. 16-team, non-PPR, $200 auction league, salary cap league, where top running backs go for $60 to $80. And we must have a minimum of five running backs on our roster out of 18 players. So, re-sign, trade, or drop. Miles Saunders, as he writes, at $44. Resign. Let's hear the rest of the names before I make this. Ken Walker at $38. Trade if you can. Keep going. Ramondre Stevenson at 42. Resign. That's probably the first one that I like. Isaiah Pacheco at 14. Resign. That's another one I like. I think you have to pick three. Actually, I don't think. Well, you have to have a minimum of five. Yeah, you could you could keep all of them. Yeah, but if you keep if you keep all of them. You're like 70% of your budget. Do you really think Sanders goes for 44? Again, like I, I think you can get him cheaper. Why would he go for less than he went for going into last year? Because it's, uh, what do you mean less than what he went for last he year? He went for 44 last year. Yeah, he'll go He'll go for more, I guess. Seems like a lot, though. The top running backs go for yeah. 60 to $80. Miles Sanders, I don't think, should be a $44 player. He was overpaid last year, over overbid last year. But it worked out. All of these guys seem overvalued, except maybe Stevenson. I still like Ken well, Walker. Well, Pacheco is a good value at 14. If he can outperform that pretty easily. I think you have to also have to remember, Adam, that our auction values are for $100 leagues. This is a $200 I, league. I understand that. I don't think Miles Sanders is a $22 player out of $100. Right, but I it's also actually a 16-team league. No chance. Oh, well, 16 teams does change things a little bit, yeah. Uh, Would you pay forty four for him, Heath? You're the biggest Miles Sanders guy we got. Yeah, I just I, I said I said resign him at the beginning. I I think. Oh, I don't know if I. I feel like I'm, I'm struggling with Ken Walker. He's man. finally in the best situation and yeah, off of him. It's no, true. No, I'm not. I just think I think he's more like a fifteen dollar out of a hundred player. But this is sixteen, right, which is why I'm thinking if you can get him back for like the Ken Walker price, you're winning. And I think Walker, I, I kind of want to keep him, but I think 38 might be too. Rich. You guys like Walker or Sanders better? Sanders by a lot. I think you got to like Sanders better than Walker now. Okay, I'm out of here. That's that's just 
but that's just for this year. And if he's keeping these running backs year after year, then there might be something to keeping Walker. I think it's for the next two years. But Does it say that? No, I'm saying that I would prefer Sanders over Walker for the next two years. I think I'd like to be a Charbonnet-sayer. I think I, I'm going to be pro-Ken Walker. And I'll be a Charbonnet-sayer. But it's possible I'm only saying that because I like the, the, Nick, the clever name, Charbonnet-sayer. And I don't know if I really feel that way, but... We have time to figure that out. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody. Somebody asked if I can grow a mustache. No, I can't. So now we know that. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow with our favorite late round picks. Also, we have Beyond the Box Score tomorrow, a separate episode that will publish on Friday, but you can watch it on YouTube on Thursday. Have a great day, everybody. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 